0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. How many of you guys want to have some children just so you can use that cool system right there? That's awesome. We should adopt a child, babe, just so we can. That would be awesome. Casa Ahava. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, you flunked Spanish. It's okay. I, on the other hand, did not flunk Spanish. It's all right. One of us had to be the smart one in the family. So, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm just kidding. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the service is dismissed. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> um, oh, man, I do love my wife. I, I mean, she's the only reason I know what I'm doing right now. So, um, But hey, welcome to church, everybody. All right. Yeah, none, none of the women are clapping right now. They're like, get that jerk off stage. Like, what's, <laughs> what's that all about? So, uh, Well, hey, it's good to be back. We were gone last week. We had a super full week. Uh, me and my family and specifically my wife and I, we had a full week. We were up at Oasis Church in L.A. last week uh, preaching for my friend uh, Julian Lowe. How many of you guys remember Pastor Julian was here back in, I think, October? Um, he's coming back. Um, he's going to be preaching the last Sunday of this month. And uh, you don't wanna miss it. It was incredible the last time he was here. And uh, bring all of your basketball fans because um, he loves basketball. He is the chaplain of the Clippers, um, the best NBA team in the world. And, uh, and so he's gonna be here preaching, it's gonna be awesome, you don't wanna miss it. Um, so we were there and we, we uh, stayed the night, a couple nights and uh, uh, preached all three services on Sunday and then taught their staff. Uh, did I hear a Lakers fan out there boo? Y'all need to go check the records right now. I'm just saying, like, y'all need to check the records right now. Like, I'm, I'm proud of you for staying a Lakers fan, but get a new team. Um, and then we spent the night uh, Sunday and, and did their staff meetings on, on Monday. And it was, it was a great time. And so that was a full week. Um, and then I, I have to let you know um, that your pastor um, is a champion. Um, True story. True story. For those of you know, don't, can you pull up the picture? For those of you that don't know, um, I coach high school girls basketball here in Escondido, and we are the Pacific League champions. That's right. And if you're out there like, oh, this dude is humble bragging right now, absolutely I am. I am bragging about this team and this crew. Uh, a matter of fact, uh, the trainer on the end there we came to our church for the first time today in the first service. Um, and uh, loved it, um, and so, man, it's just been an incredible opportunity, actually, to bring Jesus to the campus, and uh, so, yeah, we're champions, we're moving on, we'll see what happens next, maybe CIF, maybe state, maybe the world, I don't know, but um, oh, we're having a good time, but, you know, it's been a busy week, but I want to say this, as much as I enjoy all of that, man, it was a great time being at Oasis, it was a great time on Friday night, being with those girls and winning that championship, honestly, one of the things I look forward to the most is Sunday morning. And being right here and being with you. And love what God's doing at Canvas Church. Absolutely love uh, the lives that are being transformed, the miracles that are taking place, the way God is moving. Uh, Yesterday we had an incredible men's uh, gathering, uh, maybe one of the largest we've ever had. Uh, The men's team is crushing it. just had a really great time. Our next men's meeting coming up, and I'm plugging it early. Um, it's in March, and so we're going to do a March Madness men's gathering. And so, yeah, you better bring your basketball gear. And even if you don't play basketball, that's all right. We'll let you tackle people on the court. Um, <laughs> it's all good. We're going to have fun. So, um, But, uh, man, God is good. God is doing great things here at Canvas Church. And uh, I want to say a huge welcome to all of you that are here for the first time checking us out. Um, and I want to encourage you in this, too. If, if you've been coming for uh, a couple of weeks, um, God's just doing some great things here. Don't delay on getting plugged in. Uh, find, find a small group to get plugged into and, and, and build your life on the foundation of God's word. Um, something happens in those small groups that's super powerful um, when you're doing life with other believers. Um, if you haven't found a, a place to plug in and serve yet, um, there's opportunities for you, whether it's during the week, maybe you can't serve on a Sunday. There's opportunities to serve throughout the week. Um, but also right here on Sunday morning, maybe Sunday is the best day for you. Uh, find a ministry to plug into. Uh, children's ministry is a great one that's happening. Our tech our tech ministry in the back is another great one that's happening. Um, our worship ministry, come on, we worship awesome today. Um, we got parking lot, we got great, we got all sorts of things happening. and uh, we just want to continue to build those teams and Um, and as we reach more people for Jesus. We're in a series, though, entitled The Soapbox Series. Get out your Bibles, if you wouldn't, go with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter, we're in a soapbox series. What is the soapbox series? It's we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest message ever preached, and it was preached by none other than, than Jesus himself. And it's known as the Sermon on the Mount because of where it took place and how he positioned himself, and he began to speak to the multitudes and, began to teach his disciples and the multitudes as well. And uh, what Jesus is doing, we need to understand this, Um, Jesus is not just teaching some ideas and some good thoughts. Jesus has come to establish a worldview. He's come to build a kingdom in which he is the king. And in so doing, he needs to establish what the kingdom looks like. Uh, what does it look like for, for you to be a part of that kingdom? How does this thing function? What is, what, what's all involved? And so Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, that is what Jesus is doing. We've already covered uh, Matthew's 5 and 6. We now are entering our second week into Matthew chapter 7. Uh, now, Matthew chapter 7 is a little bit different than the other chapters we've covered, where the other chapters tend to build on the previous point that Jesus was making. He would talk about something, and then he would build off that and talk about something else. Matthew chapter 7 is a little bit different in that Jesus is starting to wind down his message. And so what he's doing, he's kind of rapid fire, giving some thoughts and some ideas about his kingdom that he wants us to understand, and he wants us to latch onto, and they don't necessarily build off of the previous verses. And so we're in Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at verses 7 through 11, and we're going to talk about prayer. Now, if you've been tuned in to our series, or maybe you know about the Sermon on the Mount, you would know, wait a second, Jesus already covered prayer. Why, why is he talking about it again? He's hitting it again because he wants you to understand how important uh, this principle of prayer is for the life of a believer. And so we're going to talk about that today. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads... Keep on asking. This is talking about prayer. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And then he kind of repeats himself. He says this You need to understand, for everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And here now in these last verses, this is what we need to understand. This is what it's all rooted and grounded in. Those, verse, those, those verses we just read, it's all rooted and grounded in this understanding. Your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. In other words, how silly is that? No, you don't do that. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? The knocking, the seeking, the asking, the receiving, the opening, the understanding is rooted and grounded in this idea that God is good. Are you with me? That he's good and he's way better than any earthly father you've ever known. I want to talk to you the next few moments about persistent prayer or like the heading of this says, effective, effective prayer. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you. Your word is awesome. And God, I'm asking that today that you would open up our hearts, that you would open up our minds, our eyes to see uh, how valuable prayer is and how you invite us into this moment and how you want us to pursue this moment. God, I pray you teach us from these verses. Lord, I pray you'd help me, Lord, in the next few moments that we have together to create an environment for people to discover your son, Jesus. Know your incredible love and realize the awesome plan that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, uh, when I came in for the first service, I got here like probably most of you got here. I got into a car and I drove. How many of you guys got into a car and you drove here today, right? Like, that's most of us. Maybe someone hopped on a bus. I know there's some. I've talked to some of you, and some of you live like two blocks away, and my first response is, oh, so do you walk to church? And you know what they say? Nope, I drive here. So most of us got in a car, I got, I got in that car just like you did, and, um, you know, uh, depending on what era of car you have, you either pushed the button or you turned the key, right? And you started that thing up, and it started up, and then you put it in, you know, drive, reverse, and you pushed the gas pedal, and guess what the car did? It started to move. And then you come to that first stop sign, and, and you pressed on the brake, and guess what the car did? It stopped. Good. It's, 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 it's not a trick question. It stopped. And then after that, you pushed on the gas and the car moved, right? And then you came to that first turn and you turned that steering wheel and the car turned. For me, that's like I came to that first turn and I turned left and then I came to that first stop sign and pressed on the brakes at work and I turned right and then I came to the next one, turned left and the next one turned right, drove through three lights, turned right and then turned right into the parking lot and here I am. And I gotta tell you something. In my drive here, there was not one moment when I went to push on that brake and I was like, I really hope this works. Didn't cross my mind. I wasn't, I wasn't approaching the stop sign thinking, oh my gosh, I gotta stop, brake, please work, please work, please work, please, ah, I worked. And there wasn't one moment that I pressed on that gas pedal that I was like, come on, car, I really hope you move. And there wasn't one time when I turned that steering wheel to the right, That I thought it's probably gonna go left. Now I get it. There are times when the outside elements can impact what's happening in the car. I get it, I understand that the icy conditions, I press on the brake and maybe the car will slide a little bit, but that has nothing to do with the brake. I get it that sometimes I turn the, the thing to the right, and be, you know maybe the, the street's are a little wet, and so I slide a little But It has nothing to do with the steering wheel. It has everything to do with the conditions around it. I never questioned the brake. I never questioned the gas. I never questioned the steer. Why is it when we come to the most essential thing in our Christian walk that we go, and we go and pray, and we come to Jesus, and we pray, and in our mind we're thinking, I really hope he can do this. I really hope he hears me. I really, I really hope that, that that this happens. As essential as the brake is, as essential as the gas pedal is, as essential as a student, listen to me, prayer is that essential to our walk with Jesus, and you don't have to question whether or not it's going to work. Yes, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, the outside circumstances might cause the prayer to be delayed a little bit. Are you with me? Yes, sometimes you might have to persist a little bit more in prayer, but Jesus is saying here, know something, whatever you ask for, you're gonna receive. Whatever you seek for, you're going to find. Whatever you knock, the door is going to be open. But yet, he's teaching about his kingdom He's setting it up. He's talking to believers. This is the way it works. But yet we step on the brake and we're like, oh my gosh, I hope it works. We pray and we're like, man, I, I really, I really, I really hope. And this isn't just something that, that's new. This is happening in the Bible as well. This isn't your notes. Know, Write it down. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, there's a story about the church and a guy named Peter. If you've never read it before, Peter gets arrested for doing the work of the Lord. He's just going about doing his stuff, doing the work of the Lord, and he gets arrested and he gets thrown in prison. And he gets thrown in prison, so the church goes and does what they're supposed to do. They go and pray. The Bible says that Peter's in prison, but the church is praying. And so the church is praying. And all of a sudden, Peter gets visited by an angel. I don't know how it all worked. Read the story. Angel shows up and gets Peter out of prison. This is how much faith Peter had. Peter thought he was having a dream or a vision. He didn't think it was a jailbreak. And all of a sudden he gets outside of the jail and he's like, oh, wait a second. Snap, this is happening. Like, I'm not in prison. And so then it's like he goes to where his people are. He's like... I'm going to go to where the church people are. And so he goes to where the church people are hanging out, and he knocks on the door. And a little girl comes over to the door, looks out. is like, ah! Peter, you're supposed to be in prison. Close it. Goes back to mom and dad. They're like, hey, who was that? They're like, it was Peter. Like, oh, no way. No way. Peter's in prison. If anything, it's his ghost. Read the story. And then, so the knocking continues. And finally, they go over, they open the door, and there's Peter. They're like, Ah! What's happening? You're supposed to be in prison. The church was praying for the release of Peter in prison, and it happens, and they're like, What is going on? That is how you and I pray. You and I pray the same way. We pray, and then it happens, and we're like, oh, dang. God can do that? He can really heal me of cancer? He can really restore my marriage? He can really save my child? He can really open the door for that job? He can really get me to the the dream that I, I think he's given? He can do that? Yeah. Is somebody with me this morning? We pray. Because we should. We ought to. But do we really pray believing that we're going to receive, that we're going to find, and that it's going to be opened? Here is what we need to understand. We need to understand. And here's why, ladies and gentlemen, some of us pray the wrong way is because we have the wrong view of who God is. And so Jesus lays it out and says, hey, prayer is essential. Pray, 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 ask, ask, knock, seek, but understand something. It's grounded in who he is. He is a good heavenly father. He's going to hear you. He's going to answer. And listen, it's not like it's, not like it's a, um, there's a, there's a systematic thing here. Well, I, I, I ask for a little while. Okay, now I'm going to the, the seeking part, and now I'm going to the knocking part. No, that's not what's being said here. What's being said here is it's a passion, it's a progression of passion. It's like, man, he, Jesus is in the moment and he's trying to convey to them, man, if you just seek, if you just ask, you just knock, I'm going I'm, I'm there, I hear. And you're gonna receive. But you got to understand, it's rooted and grounded in your heavenly father, and he can do anything. With God, all things are possible. Nothing's too difficult for him. And it's like even in the journey, the disciples don't fully get it. They don't don't fully understand. As a matter of fact, there's a story in Matthew chapter 9 about um, some parents that bring their child to Jesus, but Jesus isn't there. He's, He's up praying. And so the disciples are there, so they go to the disciples and say, hey, Man, our, our child's being tormented by a demon. Can you, can you cast the demon out? And uh, the disciples try and they can't. Jesus finally comes down off the mountain from prayer and he sees the commotion and he comes over and he's like, hey, what's all the commotion? And the parents are like, well, we, we brought the child to the disciples, they cast out the demon, they couldn't do it. And this is Jesus' reply, oh, ye of little faith. Why do you have such little faith? So the the parents are like, but Jesus, if you can, can you you help? And I want you to hear the reply of Jesus. And Jesus says this in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 9. What do you mean if I can? I don't know about you, but when I'm in my prayer time and I don't believe God can do it, but I'm asking anyway, I don't really want to hear him say that to me. But he says it. Well, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean? Listen to what he says. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what Jesus is conveying throughout the text. Jesus is not conveying a message that if you believe in something enough, if you believe that you'll get it enough, and he's not conveying this idea of, hey, if you just, if there's something you want and you ask long enough and you knock long enough and you believe long enough, you'll get it. That is not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, Not only that, when he's talking about the asking, seeking, knocking in the original text, it is a continual asking, seeking, knocking, but again, it's not, I have this idea of something I want, and if I ask long enough, because listen to me, I grew up in that church. I was a part of that church. If you have enough faith, and you just ask long enough, you'll get it. That is not what he's saying. What he's saying is this. He is saying, because I'm a good heavenly father and I know what you need before you even ask it. And because I'm so good, I want to create a relationship where you constantly come and never stop coming because I'm that good. Are you with me today? And when we get there, we begin to realize, man, with him, what do you mean if I can? If you put your faith and trust in me, man, I, I am your source. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am that I am. I am everything you need. I'm the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Everything I need is found in in him. Are you hearing this today? Just ask. Seek. Knock. It's opened. It's opened. It's opened. And here he teaches about persistent prayer, but you got to hear this. Effective prayer is persistent prayer. And our persistence is grounded in who God is. And the example he gives is a good father. He's a good father. And listen, if you, you parents, if your parents who are sinful, know how to do good things for their children, how much more your heavenly Father will give good things to those who ask. It's a powerful thought. Now, I don't know what your relationship was like with your dad growing up, and you might be sitting there saying, oh, I didn't really have that good of a dad, so. but here's the reality, and I've said this before. You may not have had a good dad, but we all know what a good dad looks like because we have friends that did. I, have, I had an incredible dad growing up. My dad passed away some time ago now. But I have great memories of my dad. My dad was amazing. My dad was my hero. You know, it's a sad thing about today's society. You ask a kid who their hero is and they're gonna mention some influencer. They're gonna mention some Instagram or some person. They don't have a relationship, but they don't even know. But back in my day, someone asked me, who's your hero? It's my dad. It's my dad. He's my hero. And uh, my dad's good. Like I mean, I just I could go to him with anything, and I knew I'd get a straight answer, in love. And I'm I, I just thinking about I, I shared this one in the first service, and um, I played basketball, and I was in high school. I was either a junior or senior in high school. And my parents came to all my games, just like we try to go to all of our kids' stuff. It's a family thing. Like we we do it together. Um, and uh, I remember that they would just come to every game and there was one particular game, it was in the winter and um, the game had started and I looked in the stands and didn't see my parents. And I, was, I actually got a little worried because they came to every game. Unless they told me, hey, we can't because of work or something like that. But I mean, they left work early. And I'm, I'm talking like, 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 we were old school, man. Like we, we didn't stop at, at you know, drive-through restaurants. We like brown bag dinner and lunch just to get to the game. It's a true story. You can ask my mom afterwards. It was like, we had sandwiches for lunch. We had sandwiches for dinner because we're going to the game. (laughs) And they weren't there and I was a little bit concerned and so I got home and what happened was it had snowed and the car couldn't get through the snow to get to the game. And uh, I kid you not, within the next two weeks, my dad sold the car and bought a four by four so he would never miss another game. It's a true story. Now, That's my dad who has a sinful nature. How much more will your heavenly Father give to you? He just asked. Step on the brake, it's gonna stop. Push on the gas pedal, it's gonna move. Turn the wheel, it's gonna turn. Talk to God, it's gonna happen. Why are you worried? Why are you stressing? Why are you full of anxiety? Why are you full of doubt? Why are you wondering if the marriage is going to work out? The God brought together, he's not going to let anyone tear apart. Why are you wondering if if God can touch you and God can heal you? Why are you wondering if God can bring your child back? Why are you wondering if God can supply all of your needs? Ask. No one drove here wondering if they were going to make it here. You got in a car. You have more trust in your vehicle than you do in God. Tweet that. (laughs) Or exit or whatever it's called. I'm excited. I want a league championship, people. (laughs) There were some church people there at that game, and they were like, and Sunday's gonna be good. Oh, believe you me, if they were giving out gold medals, I would have wore one today. I should have bought like a little fake plastic one and just wore like, we are the champions. Why are you doubting? Why? Why do we doubt? He wants us to persist in prayer believe. Persistence, what is it? Here's the definition. It's a firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Right, like it's just gonna continue. When the car slid, you didn't stop pressing on the brakes. You knew they were gonna work the next time, right? So when we face opposition and we face difficulty, we gotta continue in the course of action called prayer. Keep talking to him. Keep going. matter of fact, Jesus invites us, not just here on the Sermon on the Mount, but Jesus perpetually invites us to persistent prayer. Listen to Luke 11, 5 through 8. It says this, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. That's the Bible, that's Jesus teaching about prayer That is what he's asking us to do. Persistence. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep asking. Keep looking. Keep knocking. Now, the truth in this story is this. And don't miss this. He went to the person that had something to give. Are you with me? He knew the friend had loaves. And so he went to the one that can give. we, we got to understand he's a good God, and he has something to give. we just got to continue to go. Teaching again, Luke 18, 1 through 8. It says this, one day Jesus told his disciple a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Don't, don't give up. Don't stop. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up pursuing what God put in your your path. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on the child. Don't give up on the dream. Don't give up on the ministry. Keep praying and never give up. Listen to me. The minute you stop going to God in prayer is the moment you start giving up. Keep praying and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city he said, Who neither feared God nor cared about people. Wow, he sounds like a really nice person. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself listen to what he says to himself. This guy's a jerk. <laughs> I don't fear God or care about people but this woman is driving me crazy. Now, dudes, don't try to use that one verse in your marriage somehow, okay? Like, I saw someone got out a highlighter for the first time all day, and they're like, oh, yeah, the woman is driving me crazy. I'm like, dude, missing the point? Stay locked in, people. Can't pick and choose the verse. My favorite verse of the Bible is Luke 18, verse 5. That wasn't in the first service. That was good. (laughs) Oh, man. Listen, this woman's driving me crazy. He's a a jerk. Doesn't fear God. Doesn't even care about people. But this woman's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Can we go back for a minute to the beginning of this passage and see what Jesus is teaching about? Oh, about prayer. Pray and never give up. But if we stop there, we miss the actual point of the passage. Verse 6. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. So the lesson is not found in the person that persists, the lesson is found in the person that is being persisted in. Are you with me? So you gotta understand something. It's not about our persistence, it's about the focus of our persistence. It's about the one our persistence is in. This is the lesson. Even he rendered a just decision in the end So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him night and day? There's the point. The point is, hey, listen, if an unjust jerk will do that for somebody, how much more will your good God in heaven do for you when you talk to him? It's rooted and founded in him. Hmm. Verse 8. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man comes, Christ returns. How many will he find on the earth who have faith? Remember the teachings about prayer, the lesson is in who the judge is, but the outcome is, do you get it? Do you have faith in him? The faith in him is seen through the passion of your persistence. Are you getting something out of this today? So why don't we persist? Why don't we persist? I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons we could write down of why we lose our passion in prayer, why we don't persist. I mean, some could come to mind like, hey, like, um, the the, answer is delayed. I've been praying about this for a couple years, and I haven't seen it come to pass. Never give up. I've been there before. I put some things on the back burner and stopped praying because I didn't see it come to pass. Why? says, don't, don't stop praying, never stop, don't give up. Uh, I think another, another thing that we go wrong in prayer is that too oftentimes before we go to God in prayer, we actually analyze the situation and come up with a solution ourselves and then pray to that solution rather than pray to him. We already got figured out in mind how we want it to look, how it should look, and how it will work out. And then now we're not praying. Look, look all throughout scripture, we're taught to pray according to his will. His kingdom come, his will be done. But too oftentimes, I think we prefabricate an outcome and then we pray to the outcome rather than just calling upon God, saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. We think of God as distant and uncaring rather than present and in the moment. The here in in the right now. Or there's a delay. And so we stop asking. I don't know why these things, I don't know why there's delays. Has anybody ever heard that that, that stupid statement? I I shouldn't have called it stupid because I've probably said it and somebody else has probably said it. And meant it in an encouraging way. But that statement that God's timing is perfect. He's never early and he's never late. He's always right on time. But can I be honest with you, I've never once in my life complained about God being early. (laughs) I've never once in my life, like I've been praying for God to heal me, and I'm like, no, God, that's too soon. Like, why would you heal me so quickly? Like, I mean, you could have delayed it a couple days. Never once have I I ever had that problem with God. I've never prayed for a breakthrough financially and been like, oh, God, that was, I mean, I prayed Sunday money. That was too quick. Could you slow down the provisions a little bit? Have you ever heard anybody complain about that before? No, nope. no. Nope. Right? It's always like, why are you, why are you taking so long? <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. And I could give you probably a, a dumb reason, like, well, because he wants you to just continue and press into him. And maybe that's what it is. But in the moment, that doesn't sound like a great, like, oh, thanks. Because <laughs> then I read other verses, like, you know, to God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. It's like, i got to pray for a thousand years. What's happening? Right? So there's reasons why, but here's what we need to understand. Um, There's reasons why we persist in prayer. And and none of them are probably gonna be the reasons you think. Because I think most of us would think about, I persist in prayer because I'm gonna get my answer. I persist in prayer because I'm gonna get my breakthrough. But the focus of prayer isn't our breakthrough. The focus of our prayer is him. And I think through these passages we looked at today, and especially this last one, I want to just share with you these, these, these thoughts. Worship team, you can come on up. Um, the first one is why persistent prayer, number one, because of the goodness of God. Verse seven of this last passage I mean, what does it say? It says, even he, the unjust judge, rendered a decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? What's it saying? God is good. We persist because God is good. We remain steadfast in prayer because the God whom we serve truly is a good God. He's a good heavenly father. He's got great things in store. We persist because we have an understanding. I said it earlier. The reason some of us give up is because we have a wrong perception of who God is. We gotta view him as a good father. Let me just give you this analogy real quick, maybe to help you out. The primary way we all enter our house is through the big garage door. I don't know if it's because I was too lazy to make extra keys or I just don't trust my kids and give them keys, but they got a garage door opener. We pull up, open that thing, walk in. But sometimes they know we're home. And they don't use the garage door opener. They use the doorbell. They come up, doors locked. Ding dong. Ours doesn't make that sound, but I can't make the sound that ours makes, so. And I mean, it's like 9.45 at night. I'm just winding down. I'm sitting on the couch watching a show with my wife. Ding dong. Dogs start barking. I look at my wife, she looks at me. Who's gonna get the door? You know what? You know what happens? Here's what happens. Ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. Now in my mind I'm thinking, dear God, walk around. Use the back garage door, use your garage open to do something. I'm about to stick these dogs on you. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. And they keep pressing it. You know why? Because they know we're inside and they know we're good and they know we're going to get up and we're going to open the door. Some of you have a wrong view of who God is. you got to keep pressing the doorbell because he's there and he's a good God and he's got a good plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a hope for you. He's got a future for you. He's way better than me. He's going to get up and he's going to add ding dong. We keep persisting because he's a good God. We keep persisting because he's a great God. When, when he says, hey, that's what, that's what the unjust judge does. But when the Son of Man, when Christ returns, he ups it. He says, man, I'm not just a good earthly judge. I am Christ, the Son of the living God. I am great and greatly to be praised. With me, all things are possible. I am the way, the truth, the life. Anything you need, I got it. So we persist because we know he's great. And he has anything and everything available. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if I'm fighting something in my body. It doesn't matter if I'm dealing with something in my finance. I'm dealing with a relational issue. It don't matter. He's a great God a great God and when we persist we appeal to his greatness when we persist we appeal to his greatness and lastly we persist because of the glory of God listen to what it says it says but when the son of man Christ the greatest one ever to live on the planet comes and makes his return will he find faith will he find faith what pleases God? Let me read it to you. Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. What brings glory to God? Faith. The fact that we persist, listen, when my kids come to me and they got a problem, they need me to fix something. Dad, can you help me out with this? Dad, can you fix this? Dad, could you help me with this? You know what it does? It brings me honor. It brings me like, man, they believe that they can come to me and I can fix whatever is going on, my God, how much better is he? Why have you stopped going to him? Why have you stopped asking? Why have you stopped pursuing? When we persist, it brings glory to him. Because there's a world looking in. I'm telling you, there are friends looking on. Oh, how's your dad going to help you with this one? How's your dad going to fix this one? I'm telling you, there's a world looking in. And when they see you persisting, it brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. Stop giving up on prayer. If you're going to quit one thing, quit quitting prayer. You got to pray. You got to never give up. Because it's not about what you're looking for. It's about who you're looking to. And it brings glory and honor to his name. God, we thank you for your word today. Stand to your feet. God, we thank you for your word today. God, your word is so good. God, we thank you, Lord, that you you took time to teach us how to live a different life. You taught us how to teach in and in a diff- live in a different kingdom. You taught, you taught us how to, how, to, how to operate under a different set of rules. And so Lord, I pray today for every person that's in this place. God, that the one that's kind of thrown in the towel, the one that is literally living in this moment of of uncertainty, this moment of of, of doubt, this moment of angst, this moment of, of unsurety, and I don't know if it's gonna, push the brake! I don't know if it's gonna work. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever knocks, it's open. God, I pray today with every eye closed, you're in this place, and you would just say, Pastor, like, I, I'm there. Like, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the mix. And I feel like, man, does God hear my prayer? I don't even know. And I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like I don't know what it is, but you feel like giving up. You feel like giving up on God. You feel like giving up on a dream. You feel like giving up on a ministry. You feel like giving up on something. You're wondering, like, like what's this thing? You've already kind of fabricated the way you want it to be, but God's like, hold on. Seek me first. I got you. You felt like giving up every eye closed. And I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I just want to know who I'm praying for. If that's you, shoot your hand in the air. I felt like giving up. I felt like throwing in the towel. And God's saying, I got you, son. I got you, daughter. Never give up. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. It might not look the way you thought it's going to look, but I'm telling you, the plans I have for you are far better than the plans you have for yourself. The dream I see is far greater than the dream you see. You see earthly. You see temporal. I see eternal I'm working all things together for good for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. Don't give up, don't give up. Keep praying, persist, don't give up. Lock in, lock in. Now's the time, now's the time. Understand, he's a good heavenly father and he's got you, you have nothing to worry about. You just go out and you do your best and you pursue Jesus and you watch and see what happens. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I pray for all those that raise their hand here today. And, God, I pray that you would minister to the very core of their spirit, the very core of who they are, that you would minister to them. And there would be a full letting go today and a full understanding. I got nothing to worry about. I got nothing to worry about. I'm not in control of this thing. My friends ain't in control of this thing. My peers ain't in control of this thing. God, you've got this. God, I pray that our prayer life would soar to a new level. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask some of the, our prayer partners to come on up. Get on up here. Um, come on, prayer people. Get on up here. Um, if you were one of the ones that raised your hand and you're like, man, I, I, I could use a little more prayer. I could use a little more encouragement. Man, if that's you, man, I'm telling you right now, don't walk out of here. If you just feel like, you know what, I need a little more, I need a little more encouragement. There's something powerful about prayer and let these people pray for you. Or you're here and you're like just wrestling through something in your life. Maybe you need a miracle. Man, our God is a God of miracles. Man, we'll pray for the miracle. Whatever it is you're going through. Maybe you need to say yes to Jesus. We'll help you say yes to Jesus. If you need prayer, come on up. God bless. Uh, be, Be back next week. Come on, if not for the preaching, come on for the chips and guacamole. Have a fantastic week. God bless. See you next time.